Peter and Zach are not experts, and everything they say should be taken with at least one grain of salt. Please keep your ears engaged throughout the whole podcast to prevent rampant confusion. Now, brace your mind for impact. And welcome to Friends and Theory, your local, your local, local news. Local Bam, news only. <laughs> your weekly dose <laughs> of science goodness supplied directly to your ear, locally sourced from organic news outlets. Yeah, uh, only the best, only um, the finest for our diligent listeners. Well, what uh, what have we got in store? This week, I'm assuming, like every week, we're it's, going. Uh, we're we're the news. jumping straight off the bored today we're going straight into it huh let's let's do it i mean do we have any we don't have any announcements or special things to no, say no i think we're good yeah um yeah okay so why not let's let's actually do a show properly let's do for it once. let's do it props yeah zach i'll start okay. um here we go what do you think of this uh have you ever tried to learn a language or a music instrument or or anything uh yes a How long did it time go? ago, I tried to learn Portuguese and the kazoo. At the and, same um, time or <laughs> separately? or something? Yeah, it was um, part of a new arts program my school <laughs> was running. Yeah. That and sounds nice. It was, sounded pretty rough. Mm. Well, well, perhaps you would have had a better chance if you had had an inhibition of your neuromodulator adenosine. Oh, that might see, I was, I was considering that at one point. Yeah. Um, so, of course, <laughs> many people know that uh, that old problem of trying to learn a language or a musical instrument when you're a big grown-up boy or girl. Um, the problem is that while kids can pick up language and music instruments fairly easily, you know, people always say, like, kids have a sponge mind... They can learn that yeah, stuff really easy. Malleable clay mines. It's a lot harder for adults. But there has been a study from St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, which identified um, part of the process which causes this, this uh, I guess, lower capacity for audio learning. So that's language and music in adults um, and elderly people. It's all to do with the thing that I just said, neuromodulator adenosine Um, and by controlling this we can apparently extend the critical period of auditory learning this experiment was done on mice but there are promising results for humans it's essentially the restriction of this chemical messenger it's actually the restriction of the messenger which increases the capacity for audio learning in adults um it's it's sort of uh, the basic process is that um, this neuromodulator, adenosine, is in turn naturally lowering the the amount of neurotransmitter levels. Um, so the neuromodulator lowers the neurotransmitter, uh, the transmitter called glutinate, uh, I believe, if I can read my writing properly. Yep, that seems right. And this glutinate is is seems to be linked somehow with that that expanded capacity 
for audio learning and and particularly you know just in general having a more having a higher plasticity so i guess more more okay flexible more able to learn and change uh, and this all takes place in the the place called the auditory thalamus uh, which is like a relay station in the brain um, so it's part of this process of collecting sound and sending it to the audio cortex for processing uh, so essentially, it's sort of a knock-on effect where if we control and restrict the neuromodulator, adenosine, uh, then in turn, there is less restriction or less inhibition of the neurotransmitter. Uh, so there's all sorts of com complicated brain chemicals going on here. But the, the basic idea is that um, by doing this, we can actually almost return an adult mind at least in mice to its former capacity for audio learning languages and music and so on uh, adult mice exposed to a tone passively responded stronger to the same tone weeks or months later um, and they were even able to distinguish between very close tones a lot better than than they usually would be and they retained yeah, that. Yeah, I, I was going to ask what languages and instruments the mice learnt to play. But, um, um, well, I don't know. It just says tone, really. So it, I guess it could have been, you know, some some aha or something. I, maybe it was just yeah. literally like a dial tone, I'm assuming. Mainly <laughs> <laughs> um, mainly keyboard practice. Yeah, practices. sort of Belgian yeah. jazz okay. synth. Zach, um, here's, um, here's a very, very unsciencey story. Nice. Well, that's what we're Real all quickie. about here. Real quickie. No, it's it's cool. So this is a bit of space news. So strap in and and blast off for news. Yeah. <laughs> um, NASA has been taking pictures of all the lovely planets that we have. Yep. And um, very good. Good on you. The NASA Juno Cam has taken some pictures of Jupiter, and it kind of looks like a face. Nice. A very disinterested face, but a face nonetheless. Um. <laughs> Okay. Do you reckon um, you could um, follow through on that link and just have a, a quick quick peek? Yeah, let me just can, have uh, a, a real... Try and break off a piece on this audio podcast of what this image looks like. Sorry for clicking sounds, everyone. Uh, I'm just opening this up right now. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, that is... That's a pretty impressive picture <laughs> right there. Um, yeah, it's, it's like... Um, it's like if you just did, like... Uh, what would it be like? Apostrophe hyphen apostrophe on yeah, the keyboard. Yeah, it's literally like a, uh, an uh, like an emoticon, like a text face. It looks kind of yeah. angry though, uh, honestly, which is it kind looks of not interested. Um, which I think is is fair enough. It you can see what's sort of going on here is that there are two storms making up the eyes. Yeah. Um, and the mouth appears to be I don't know a long storm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess it's all storms, really, isn't it? Um, yeah, that's all them. Um, just Jesus storms really. all the way down. That's probably why he's so mad. Yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah, if you want to check that out, you can find it on NASA's website and probably all over the goddamn place. Yeah, we'll, we'll try um, and post the link as well. Yeah. We'll yeah, there's all kinds of images <laughs> coming through all the time, so it's definitely worth checking out. Yeah. Nice. That was nice. Uh, sticking with some space, maybe? Shall I, shall I stick, keep us in space real quick? Well, I'd hate to get out of my suit and put it back on again. Yeah. Well, I mean, getting out of your suit in general is a bad idea in space. Uh, and, and it may even be 
even more beneficial to stay in your suit in the future because uh, Dr. Mohsen Ramani uh, at the Australian National University and, and a team, I'm assuming, have um, produced and unveiled a new nanomaterial which protects, well, could protect astronauts uh, from radiation in space uh, to a very, very high degree and much more precisely than current technology can. It's able to reflect or transmit light on demand uh, based on a sort of temperature control system. So by changing the temperature, I, I think you, you can change whether the material is reflecting or transmitting certain wavelengths of light. And the thing is here is that because you can change it by altering the temperature, you can um, adjust the resistance to different wavelengths. So if, if you can increase resistance to harmful ultraviolet or infrared rays, um, and based on the environment, you can change the type of resistance that you need. It's also incredibly thin as a nanomaterial. I suppose you might expect that. Uh, apparently, hundreds of layers can fit on the tip of a needle. And it can be applied okay. to any surface. So this could protect astronauts and satellites with, the, like, obviously a very ultra-thin film, which is convenient for lots of reasons. Adjusted to reflect various dangerous ultraviolet or infrared radiation. Like I said, it's it's increasing the resistance uh, compared to today's sort of filters, which are based on very thick sort of absorption filters. Um and this could be applied to other wavelengths, they say, including visible light, uh, which could have, you know, applications in architecture or design or energy efficiency. You know, you could oh, man. you could control uh, your windows and mirrors. So you could have a window that, you know, at the push of a button turns into a mirror. You could control how much light comes through your windows throughout the year. And then it changes color as well. Yeah. Just like... um. In a previous make episode, it change color. but we talked about haha. And also, uh, by sort of very specifically controlling the temperature distribution, for example, like, you know, on the back window of a car, you have like lines which heat heat the window if you need to get off the the, the ice or whatever. And yeah. they sort of heat them in, in lines through the window. Well, if you had a similar system, you could per perhaps cause different different reflection and transmission across the same pane of glass by varying the temperature. So you could create sort of changes or patterns or any kinds of uh, control there. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. So maybe one day we'll get to the future where we just have like really nice, tight, comfortable spacesuits that are actually quite thin maybe. and wearable. Yeah. Sort and, of um, those and finally we can have fashion in space. 70s and 80s sort of like Lycra spacesuit designs, you know? Yeah, man. Yeah, like um, those old action films. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. moving swiftly on. Zach, what is your main complaint about your phone all the time? You just can't, can't yeah. get enough of Zach complaining about this one issue with his phone. I'm um, sure a lot of people have. Well... Uh, mainly that it, it, it gets to about 25% battery and then just at any point between 25 and 1% battery, it will just shut off, um, completely. <laughs> it's really annoying. Okay. Um, um, my, my friend's problem is it seems to never ring. Um, oh. which I'm pretty sure is a bug. 
Um, uh, no, actually, the battery the battery thing is spot on. Um, so this is um, a sort of breakthrough from the University of Washington. Uh, they have developed a battery-free cellular phone of sorts. Okay. Um, it's not like they've just taken nice. an iPhone and made it so it doesn't need a battery. They've had to build this thing from the ground up. And although it requires no batteries, it's also limited to very basic tasks. Um, and I'll go through all the drawbacks later Can it play on. Snake? Um, and for, no. No, Not it down. can't. Can you make phone calls, though? Yes. Can oh. you call people on Skype? Yes. Can you put people on hold, the most important feature of any phone? Yes. Wow, okay. That was confirmed. Um, yeah, that's pretty good. I, I didn't expect to be able to, like, use Skype. Um, so how does it work? This that's what cell phone that requires no battery. Um, it gathers energy from background radio signals and light. And I know what you're thinking. Yeah, Peter, that's not very much energy. Um, <laughs> that's my, that's my inner mind voice. That's what it yeah. sounds like. <laughs> Peter! Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it is actually a very small amount of energy. Um, and, you know, you'd have to go stand near somewhere that's actually, like, broadcasting pretty intense radio signals. Yeah. But... The way that they make it work without using this much energy is that they eliminate a very energy-intensive part of typically having a phone call, which is converting the analog signal into a digital signal that can then be used by the phone and turn it into those good sounds that we like right, to hear. Right, yeah. So um, the way that it works now, well, the way that it's present- presented to me, and it took took me a while to get my head around this, so the motions from the speaker and microphone, because that's essentially what sound is, it's vibrations. Yeah, yeah. Um, is converted into changes in the analog radio signal from a nearby base station. Okay. Yeah, uh, if everyone if anyone is still with me, congratulations. Um so this essentially means the vibrations are being taken directly and then you're altering the sort of background signals. So it sort of transmits itself for free. So this is a nearly completely energy-free process rather than a really energy-intensive process. Right. So it's almost like instead of trans transmitting and converting into the digital sounds that, that are being transmitted, it's like it detects the, the vibrations, the sound, and then changes the background signal to fit that. Um, yeah. Yeah, that goes through the phone. Wow. That, so that seems... His- a bit weird really to be honest so here's here's now the drawbacks okay yeah um so number one it's a very basic phone uh number two you have to be near a custom base station but they say yeah. that it can be very easily introduced to the existing uh infrastructure all you need is an internet connection you know some wifi that good stuff yeah um the range is also very limited to sources of radio signals at the moment so i think the best they could do with solar power was like 50 foot ah See, so yeah, a mobile is a strong word. Um, <laughs> and also, this is possibly the biggest drawback, is that you, there's there was a listening and receiving switch uh, oh. for how you want to change the signal. So um, you might lose the smoothness of conversation that you are used to. Uh, so you but this to... could be very useful. You could, um, you could um, you know, if they got the range up on them, it can yeah. be really useful yeah. for people in sort of dangerous situations or I could see you're it... out on a mountain or something and your phone dies and you're like, shit, I've got to make a phone call. Yeah, I could see it being used in like um, long range communications or like the military, I guess, like uh, t- 
it's sort of it's almost like a walkie-talkie thing where you have to say you know i'm i'm over and you have to well you have to push a button to talk and then you have to release it to to listen on a walkie-talkie yeah so so maybe that's how it works who knows well they do um i don't (laughs) sounds cool anyway so yeah, it's nifty, forward and who knows, to... in the future, we might be able to play Snake without battery. Look forward to um, getting a big old uh, transmission tower near you one day soon, maybe. Yeah, and big brick phones as well. Yeah. Bring back the 80s, please. Yeah, well... Um, that's all I ask of you. Yeah, okay. Wow, um, uh, that's pretty good. No, that, that's not quite it. Um, anyway, yeah, it's it's very, very cool. Zach, let's, let's spin another one for me. A DJ. Oh, uh, yeah, I've got some 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 good stuff. Uh, this kind of, I mean, it's not really AI watch because um, it's just a computer program. Um, you know, <laughs> it's probably on on the sort of AI watch. You know, um, pay attention to this. Yeah, sort so of list. not quite not quite get no. in the car. We've not got the fire alarm or like. No. An ice ice cream truck jingle and <laughs> get in the pedalo and yeah. we'll go for a cruise around the lake. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is coming yeah. from, uh, I think this is Carnegie, is the right pronunciation? Carnegie Mellon University uh, Robotics Institute. And um, the story is that a computer has been able to read body language. Um, now, this I guess this might not sound like the most stunning thing because i mean you've got your just dance or whatever and you can stand in front of the camera and <laughs> do the dance moves and whatever and score 100 points um but well okay here's what i'm thinking i'm just gonna derail the pedalo real quick yeah um derail sync capsize whatever um <laughs> one this is great news for people who like just dance yeah and you know connect adventures yeah uh all that all that jazz because uh not only is it probably more accurate, but also now you could have like, you could sass, you could sass things in game. You can, um, your yeah. body posture can give off the, the signals now. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, really... Imagine virtual reality where your body posture affects how people talk to you. Yeah, that that would be, you know, that is actually a reasonable application for this. Um, yeah. the, the computer was able to understand body pose, including facial expression, and for the first time the the finger position of individuals and it works on multiple people at the same time in the same video so it's not like you have oh, to have man. one person standing in the center of the screen doing very slow sort of steady um poses or anything they could detect finger poses each individual finger on each person uh, facial expressions and really build up a very complete picture of uh body position pose and kind of expression what the those nuances of nonverbal communication are, which is something that computers have traditionally been very bad at. Oh, no. Okay, 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 okay. Hold on, hold on. New application, right? Yeah. It's a program that you use to judge your different poses, posture and, and yeah. stature. And so, like, you can meet up with your homeboys and work on your gang signs and poses. And yeah. it will tell you how intimidating you are, how much flair you got. You know... What's I, your style? I could see this really being applied into like some sort of, you know, it, it's like just dance, but instead of, you know, pop music and doing the dances, it's uh, like JoJo's and you have to do the, the JoJo poses. Um, you have to do the JoJo poses. 
Yeah. Um, so for those who don't know, uh, basically break your spine. Yeah. Um, and just put your fingers in just any sort of position you want, and then just somewhere, just put them somewhere. Yeah. And you're um, good. So this is based on <laughs> on on information from a thing called the Panoptic Studio, and this is sounds very intense. Sounds very very um uh well a lot of data basically it's a two-story dome and it has 500 video cameras embedded around the inside and it filmed oh people boy. from all all these different directions obviously but using that power using the power of the panoptic studio and using that data they've been able to make this program basically work with just a single camera and a laptop so like you know it's 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 very applicable very easily um used as well seemingly uh, yeah that, that's pretty cool i guess it's just a nifty bit of software really isn't it yeah um and this could Not have play it down of course this could have a, a lot of interactions and integration into social spaces uh or in the home so you could you know uh today sort of there's more interaction with computers and devices through speaking like you have like the google alexa and things like that or whatever it is um i think that's google uh, or any of those types of home systems where you sort of speak to it you say you know play the smash mouth by all all star well the other way around yeah um um and it just to clarify it. other personal assistant ais are available yeah, and cause... alexa is by amazon okay because google is okay google isn't it oh yeah that's right Alexa is Amazon, okay. Sorry, Amazon and Alexa for my mistake. But you know that it's all it's all <laughs> voice control, which actually is usually a bit inconvenient. I never use voice control for anything because it's just well, you have to push a button and say something, or maybe you don't have to push a button, but it it never detects quite what you want. To, yeah, there uh, are to some say. really good videos of um the wrong thing happening thanks to an intelligence uh i i know we're yeah. thinking of the same one where the guy asks alexa to play a song and it plays like a really bad like pan flute version <laughs> yeah. of the song and then it won't stop because it can't hear him well yeah so um actually human beings use body posture and and physical communication in a very nuanced and and well, expansive way we use it all the time almost on a on a sort of more base level than vocal communication uh, so if we were able to communicate with with computers and devices like this it would be actually really convenient like you could just walk into a room make a, spe a specific hand sign or you could point at the tv and it would come on or you could like you know i don't know hold up a one and it would turn to a different song or whatever i i you know Man. physical communication is a lot more natural in a lot of ways than uh speaking to a device to get it to do something so well, like imagine imagine you walk in and you know you got your hands on your hips you're sort of hunched over a bit and your your ai is like you yeah. look a bit angry today it runs you above mind if i play some <laughs> jazz yeah um so one of the other interesting things I, I saw proposed for it was uh, sports analytics. I guess if if you're watching the sports uh you could have like real time posture analytics like you could show someone's pose and their body movements on the on the slow-mo camera or whatever. That'd be quite cool. And the other one that yeah. I thought was uh interesting was for a self-driving car 
it could be scanning you know the street and it could be able to detect based on the body and sort of posture whether a pedestrian was about to step onto the road uh, in the, into the path of the car and, and you know adjust for that so oh man yeah well, okay here's another here's another theoretical on the sports side what if the ai watches like all the best sports people in a certain field and masters their body posture and yeah. then feeds that information to the Terminator, and then the he... Terminator faces um, Andy Murray in the best game of tennis ever. <laughs> Terminator wins. wins Wimbledon because he exactly. knows, literally, can identify the exact best movement to make at any point. Um, yeah. Well, be, I'd pay to see that. I'd pay a good yeah. amount as well. Yeah, Andy, if you're listening, and I know you are, make it happen. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I would like to be able to f- click my fingers and and uh, control my computer or whatever for some stuff, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, um, it, it's it's definitely uh, a step forward, and there are so many different applications for this. Um, yeah. If you can think of any applications that <laughs> you think are interesting and we didn't mention, keep them to yourself. I don't want to hear them. Yeah, to be we, honest. We did, yeah. I think we did a pretty good job. Yeah, yeah. We don't share opinions here on Friends and Theory, so no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, everyone's it's a dog eat dog world at the end of the day. Uh, no, yeah, yeah. We'd love to. I'd, I'd actually be really interested to hear what some other people come up with because um, I know this is this is going to be a tragic throwback to something that doesn't exist. But in episode fourteen, <laughs> when we were talking <laughs> to Joe, and he kept thinking of things that we didn't think of, that was actually yeah. really rad. Hi everybody, it's me, Peter Batstone, half of the hosting team of Friends and Theory, and your weekend dog walker. Come to me and I'll take your dog for a walk. Um, We hope you're enjoying this episode of Friends and Theory, and we would also like to thank everyone who took part in the Replica Code giveaway. Um, If you are listening, and I know you are listening... Um, I hope you are enjoying your new weird conversations with your AI friend. As per usual, we would love for you to get in contact with us. You can find us on Facebook and SoundCloud and YouTube and Twitter. Uh, You can find us all as Friends and Theory. And if you're just coming up with results about the TV show Friends, uh, because this happened again recently, uh, remember if you put quotation marks either size of a search, it searched for those combinations of words exactly. And so you'll be able to find us every time without fail, even through a Google search. So there you go. That's pretty magical. You can also email us at friendsandtheory at gmail.com, all one word. Uh, that'd be really great too. We would really love any feedback you have for us, or if you just want to get in touch with us, or ask us any questions or topics you'd like us to cover. All of that is really, really good. Whew. Um, what else? What else do I do during these break times? Yes. If you enjoy the podcast at all, even a little bit, you think, hey, I had a good time with this. It it nulled my boredom. It freed me from the crushing realization of how droll and tedious my life is. Then please <laughs> share it with everyone you know, or at least somebody who will enjoy it. Because um, at the moment, we're not sponsored. We don't have any advertisements, we're not part of a network. So our only real way of spreading is through word of mouth. Um, we'd really appreciate it. You help us. And, um, you know. Well, that's pretty much it. You help us, please. <laughs> now we've had all of the way. Let's get on with the show. Don't deny it, please. 
Hi. What's That's, going on? That was, that was all perfectly in rhythm, I'm sure. Um, look, are you ready for this? Here comes a double throwback. Oh, so, um, boy. Yesterday was... Do you know what day it was, Zach? Um, I, I, I don't know. Was it uh, the Queen's birthday? No, it I wasn't. mean, maybe. <laughs> I feel like we're going to get in trouble now if we don't know. Um, no, we'll Liz, lose. if you're listening, yeah. and I know you are... <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't We're know sorry. when your birthday is. No, yesterday was International Kiss Day, so oh. if you were listening and you didn't celebrate it, then that's fine. But this is also a good throwback to our first episode when it was Valentine's Day, nearly, yeah, we did and we talked thing. about kissing a lot. Yeah, we did, when we used to like actually prepare stories and stuff. Um, yeah, good. <laughs> um, if you learned anything from our first episode about kissing and put it to use yesterday... Let us know. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you do you chew up food and feed it to your young? Let us know. Yeah, that would be good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> be so, interesting. That's wow. for sure. So here's his throwback number two, do, more recent one. Do you remember the AI that we all loved in neural networks? Oh, some of those colors. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've painted my whole house in in neural network colors now. Yeah, um, I mean, um, I'm definitely more of a burble simp kind of guy yeah i've got i've just got every wall a different color i just kept gen- generating them yeah. yeah you like sink dad all, all of that good, good stuff yeah and i like to um it's been getting wild okay um so recently we've had an ai generating its own harry potter fan fictions that was oh, um man. pretty intense we've had an ai designing its own kanye west raps yeah so this week we had an AI generating inspirational quotes. Yeah. You, you know the images we mean, you know, like, um, it's, you got like an image and then it says like, don't give up on your man. Yeah. It's like, you'll have like a, an image of, of like a Vietnamese sunset and then on top of it will be sort of some kind of vaguely applicable inspirational quote about you know loving your your heart or whatever yeah like um, um time waits for no man um yeah or or like you know um sometimes it's best to be the person who wants to be you or, yeah you know, or or whatever. you know fuck it that's a good <laughs> yeah one. that's, that's a, good a classic one. so but, i mean we, we we're terrible at creating these quotes as you can probably tell yeah so this is why we get um the robots to do it for luckily us. we don't have to do it ourselves anymore there's inspirobot uh has been creating some wonderful inspirational quotes for us so um you can find inspirobot at inspirobot.me so that's i-n-s-p-i-r-o-b-o-t full stop m-e yeah, and so um, I've got one generated just for you, Zach. This one I think is really good. Wow, hit me with it. I really need some okay. inspiration. Um, so only when you learn to understand the positive effects of empires will you be face to face with your family. Wow. And um, the background picture appears to be um, maybe a still image of John Travolta from uh, <laughs> Boogie Nights. <laughs> yeah well that's uh, <laughs> that's really good um 
What 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 have you got for me? There's there's some good there's some good ones. I've been looking at some ones that have been picked out. <laughs> some of the best ones that've been picked out. Um <laughs> I mean there's this there's this one. The background image is just a black and white picture of uh Mr. Hitler. Um Oh dear. And the quote in white writing on 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 the front is wouldn't it be nice if all the criminals started supporting robots? <laughs> so, I mean, I think this one is definitely on the uh, A-watch, AI Watch radar. Put it on um, my wall. Yeah. I wake up every day and see that and be like, yes, I'm ready. Here's one. <laughs> a glass of milk with the caption, be weak. Oh, no. Yeah. You feeling um, good about that one? I've got one here. It's, it's off of, of uh, sort of an attractive blonde lady well well i can only really see her arm and leg and she's holding uh some lavender or something in a snowy snowy field the quote is um fatty foods have been created to inspire your loneliness oh no so that that cuts deep um okay wait hold up this one is really good zach um can you imagine what would happen if all your friends suddenly started to party? Uh, yes, it would be <laughs> rad. Uh, please, if you're listening yeah. and you are my friend, get to it. Start partying. Oh, my God. I just got... I've, <laughs> I've got one which is just a sort of faded, sort of fuzzy picture of an old piano keyboard. Yeah. Uh, and the quote is just all in block capitals, in bold, in the middle of the screen. It just says, remember to turn around. Oh, um, uh, oh, now okay, I don't really one, want to anymore. This one is really bad. It's like a rusty padlock. The moment you understand how to wine and dine her, you understand how to get rich from her. Oh my god! I, Maybe it means geez. rich emotionally. I've got a and similarly a themed sense. one here, but I, I don't think I can read it on the podcast. Honestly, okay. Um, <laughs> so if you have any inspirational quotes you'd like to share with us, do. Remember, be weak. Um, Ambition ends where who we are begins. That's that's too true. I feel like Inspirobot is needs. He's got some. He's got room to grow. Let, let's. Say. I think he's got a lot of um, nihilistic worldviews that yeah. you're not prepared to accept. So go go ahead. <laughs> uh, go and um, go and go and check out Inspirobot generate some by yourself you can send them to us on facebook or post them in the comments we would really yeah. enjoy or that email them to us email them to your dad email fax, them to your boss print them out and fax them to your headmaster yeah and let him know that you're doing it from your um battery free phone <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um let's move on uh let's have some news let's have some more news some some quick, how about how about uh, a real closes. quick one real quick yeah, real quick, 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 quick. Shoo! Here's, here's a real interesting one. It's a bit political, and usually we don't get political, but I think it's okay. So France has decided that it will ban all new petrol and diesel car sales by the year 2040. So from 2040 onwards, if you're in France, you can't buy a new petrol or diesel wow, car. Wow, that's big, Second-hand only. It's pretty big, but on the other hand, when you think about it, could you just buy another car in another country and just drive over to France? Well, I'm sure you could, yeah, but that's extra money and work, I assume. Um, yeah, well, so, honestly, like, the rate of progress that electric cars are making, 
probably won't be an issue. I think the thing is, uh, for electric cars to be at their most efficient, you basically need almost everyone to be using them, don't you? Because then you can start replacing petrol stations with uh, charging meters and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but um, you've been um, up and down the M4 and M5. I have, yeah. Some of the service stations do have electric charging stations in them Yeah, as well. they do, yeah. But um, yeah, the infrastructure needs work, but uh, we are getting there. But if if you were confident that any town you rolled into would have one, then it would be a lot easier to sort of um, convince people to go electric or and even move away from hybrids, I suppose, um, which obviously are better than just petrol or diesel, but uh, still not um, perfect. So that's like the obvious reason why electric cars haven't taken off. But what are some of the more subtle reasons? I think one would be... You know, you show you show under your hood, and it's it's not nearly as impressive. Probably, yeah. <laughs> it's not as like macho classical sort right. of thing. And also, the noise is a big one. And I'm sure we've talked about this before. The idea of um, giving electric vehicles artificial yeah, I think we have mentioned that before. Yeah, yeah, so they don't sneak up on people and you know murder them. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good good reason to do that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So there you go. Um, let's have some real news. Cool. Yeah, I've got some real news from real people news from real human people. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is about uh, CRISPR. Obviously, every, I don't know if that's exactly how people say it. CRISPR. That's how I've been saying it. CRISPR. Yeah, that's how we were taught um, how to say it at university. CRISPR. It's not just the word CRISPR. We might have some initiated yeah, folk so amongst this is, us. This is the classic gene editing technique. Uh, C-R-I-S-P-R. Don't actually know what it stands for. Do you? Uh, you keep talking. I'll find out. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so this someone is... somewhere is very disappointed. Yeah, in me. I, I can feel it. Uh, it's a gene editing technique. Of course, um, people may be familiar with gene editing, genetic modification, all of this type of thing. Well, it, it can be for creating GM things, or you know, trying to combat genetic disorders, or that kind of thing. Any kind of gene editing for research or treatment or or anything, uh, uses uh, a technique. CRISPR has been a very, very popular one in recent times because it's been a lot cheaper, quicker, and easier to do than more traditional techniques. However, back in May, there was a study by uh, someone called Stephen or Stefan Zhang of Columbia University Medical Center Uh and I, I can't remember if we talked about this. I, I'm not sure we did. But basically, it was a very small study. Um, but it casts some very large shadows on CRISPR. They they said that it... They claimed that it that could cause dangerous, unwanted mutations during the gene editing process. Which is obviously not what you want. Um, nah. Nah, CRISPR's the best. Yeah, well, a lot of people thought similarly to you, uh, and there were many calls for this paper to be withdrawn because it was such a small sample size. It was like three mice that they tested this on. Um, and obviously... That, as far as I'm aware, it's pretty much impossible for the CRISPR-Cas9 system to act outside of its programmed limits. But I feel like I'm um, I'm getting a bit too involved in this now. Well, this is the thing. Like, it cast... It cast shadows on on the process like i said which 
regardless of how <laughs> based your research is in fact, in true fact, um, publishing something like this is going to have knock-on effects. And yeah, I mean, um, just just look at the history of um, vaccines and genetically modified crops. Yeah. Uh, it's but become I guess that's for another day. It's become time. it's become such an important part of the process, this technique, uh, that it would be really terrible if if um, science had to 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 stop using it. Obviously, it would be terrible if it actually was causing unwanted, dangerous mutations. Um, but another study in July has suggested that the the May paper, Zhang's May paper, which was originally saying that it was a bad thing. Right. Uh, well, this July study was now saying that um, the, the results which showed these dangerous unwanted mutations could have simply come from the fact that the mice that were being used in that study were closely related. And that's as simple as... Oh, of course. Uh, that's as simple as it as it gets. Um, so they would show more similar mutations without actually having those mutations being caused by the gene editing itself. Um, I mean, really, it shows that making claims like this can cause big stirs in the science community, even if you haven't actually performed a uh, what would usually be considered a um, an effective or or reasonable accurate study um and indeed most other studies confirm that unusual or unwanted mutations are few and far between and uh, even those ones that have been identified methods to reduce them have been uh devised and introduced so you know it seems like it's a very safe bet really it's not a dangerous technique um but yeah, it just goes to show you that um, these sorts of issues are always, always being thrown around in the scientific community from one team to another. Uh, anyway, I suppose that's a good thing. But um, yeah, uh, I'd hate for CRISPR to be unnecessarily gotten rid of because it is such a revolutionary and important tool. Yeah, obviously, when it comes to gene editing and, and modification and things like that, there's a lot of public misconception about it already so to sort of uh, have some shade thrown on it from the scientific community wouldn't be exactly a very good uh thing for progression in terms of that scientific field uh, yeah and you always have this um this problem of you know like you're thinking that the public don't have like a massive effect on the science community is you know, false because there will no, always yeah, be people who will do. want to cater to specific groups, and um, it has knock-on effects. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that got a, that got a bit too real. CRISPR is short for clustered, regularly interspaced short palindromic repeats. I can't believe I couldn't remember that. Yeah, it just rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Really good so name. yeah, just just say CRISPR and everyone will know what you're talking about. And if they don't, then you can educate them and you'll say, <laughs> I heard it all on this really good podcast I listened to. It's called Friends and Theory. I think you will enjoy it. Here is <laughs> my credit card. <laughs> yeah, uh, that sounds about right. Don't give strangers your credit cards. No, um, um, that's, that's our that's advice. That's this week's advice. This week. Wow. Uh, what, have you got any um, 
any stuff you want to talk about? You know it. What's going on? Let's say you're driving down a road and it's really, really foggy, but you're like, you're flooring it because that's the kind of guy you are. Yeah. You're not. I should clarify. In my Um, electric car. He's like driving. He's probably driving very safely. Um, But suddenly in front of you, there is an old lady on one side of the road and there's like a, a, a fox on the other. Okay. And now you're suddenly asked which one dies. Um in order for you to safely stop the car. So um, which which you don't have time to stop, so which one do you hit? I have to hit one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the obvious choice is the the fox, I mean right? I mean it's it's generally not cool. Well I would have to... said press the jump button, but I guess um, I mean, you I, know each I wasn't each aware that this was the option. Uh... <laughs> no, um yeah. But these sort of moral dilemmas were proposed to people in another study that was looking into, you know, uh, morals and the value yeah. of life. Um, so this was a virtual reality study from the Institute of Cognitive Science at the University of Osnabrück, and it was published in Frontiers in Behavioral Neuroscience. Nice. So, yeah, um, this kind of stuff would happen. Drive along a fog- foggy road. Um, who do you, what, what do you pick? What's the best situation in that scenario? And you can take all this information and you can turn it into stats. So <laughs> lovely. We now nice have sets. a human scale for what is considered the highest value of life. Um, oh God. Wow. I, I kind of wasn't expecting this study to go. Now the yeah, ethical ramifications of that is that now that it's numbers, we can give it to cars. Um, um, right. So the next question is, should self-driving cars act just like humans when it comes to moral dilemmas? That is a bit of a dilemma in itself, uh, really. <laughs> um, yeah, because um, it makes you um, makes you really think, huh? I mean, presumably the the answer here is that a self-driving car shouldn't be driving so fast down a lane that it has to choose between killing a fox or an old lady um pick one yeah um i know what you mean but um but it does happen sometimes i mean uh it was of course to set up the scenario rather than that's how it happens in real life because there are of course yeah. other ways accidents can happen um watch out for those foggy lanes though fellas let me tell you yeah of course yeah i mean they have to give these the these self-driving cars morals yeah, and, and um, it's a really interesting question. Do we want our cars to have the same ethics we do? Well, are we the hmm. best example of um, moral? I don't know choices. Well, you know, maybe it, using that uh, body body uh, pose and body sort of language detection software, maybe the car could determine, you know, in 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 a fraction of a second. Which one of them wanted to die more? Ooh, um, lordy, that you know—that's dark. Mix um, that all up with the the morals in there. Well, they'll, they'll have to get animal body posture in there as well. <laughs> I think that's a, a whole new unexplored uh, okay. field. Okay, well maybe. Um, but it is—it is interesting to think that although we wouldn't usually assume that we have like a set system for who's more valuable than someone else no in reality at the um, end of the day when you're forced to make a decision you can convert it all into data and it shows like a pretty clear sort of ladder of what's considered more valuable than something else yeah that's 
that's yeah that's kind of that's kind of dark i mean we don't usually do this sort of stuff well it, it's a really is there a interesting fun twist? story um well <laughs> no but the problem with self-driving cars in the past is that um it's always been an issue of uh, it's about to like crash or something what does it do does it plow into the pedestrians does it you know uh prioritize the driver or something like that? yeah yeah and this could actually be an advancement in the decision making and ethical code of um driverless cars i'm dying i apologize like, that's uh, all right bad noises with my body that's okay at least you're not dying from a car. cars yeah thanks um so yeah that's a really interesting wow. one um well if let's move on to something a little bit cars should act just like humans and run <laughs> as old i women. think cars should vote <laughs> hey everyone let's go with something a bit more you know a bit a bit more relaxing a bit more tranquil a bit more a bit more bright and cheerful this is nice actually this is something that i'm i'm a big fan of urban greenery uh, and and so on have you heard of it it's pretty hot new band um, <laughs> urban greenery god damn it that's that's a pretty good joke um <laughs> yeah i mean i i lived in um most well you know me and anyone who knows me outside of just this podcast will know that i've lived in the countryside my entire goddamn life apart yeah. from when i was studying at university um i studied in manchester and manchester's a great city it also has a lot of really nice green spaces um, yeah and this is what this this study is all about well everyone knows that uh green spaces in the city are nice for for people they're sort of desirable um to live nearby and so on uh, but this has been converted into a, a sort of definite scale now so this thing has been created by a team from the university of bradford uh called the tranquil sorry the tranquility rating prediction tool uh nice. short short trapped is what they've called it uh, for short <laughs> it's a scientific process which measures how relaxing urban environments are and, uh, are, uh, and any sort of public spaces in general um, it's been published in the urban forestry and urban greening journal and really it could be used to help planners and architects and environmental sort of scientists or environmentalists understand the specific impacts of, I don't know, greenery in one particular area or greenery by putting some trees up, you know, trees, hedges, other kinds of vegetation. You can basically go into an in-depth plan before you even need to do any work or digging or whatever to determine, you know, how much relaxation benefit you're going to get out of putting this tree in this particular corner or by putting up a hedgerow <laughs> down this street or by That's really laying down some grass. Um, yeah. Of course, all these sorts of tranquil environments, they're good for stress reduction and so on. And now you can sort of with trapped, um, you can determine robustly and based on a tested measure how relaxing certain areas are and how relaxing they could be. You know, the ideal, the ideal, most perfect relaxing area you can see it and you can work towards it. You don't have to just assume <laughs> what people are going to like anymore. Yeah, um, that, that's 
that's really special in a way. I mean, I guess we a lot of stories this week have been about converting things to numbers, haven't they? Yeah, I guess that's a sort of running theme today. Um, hmm. But in general, like I, th- I think that urban greenery and urban greening as a process. I mean, there's just no real good reason not to do it. Um, you know, it makes people happier. It it improves air pollution. It it can help uh, based on sort of pedestrianizing areas. Like it can help congestion and all this sort of thing. It's just nice. It's just much better. Um, I feel like we should clarify. Um, plants do not uh, improve air pollution. They help reduce yeah air well, pollution i mean just I, f- I feel like there was a little little bit of a i felt like of a improving condition. air pollution would would be less air pollution because uh, well, when general. you say that to me i think here's here's air pollution 2.0 okay uh twice the air half the, <laughs> twice the pollution <laughs> that would be this anyway uh yeah no 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 uh definitely um it's good it's good urban greenery is really yeah. good and now we have a scale trapped the trapped scale. This is Professor Greg Watts, based on over ten years of testing and validating. So this is the real deal. It's the real deal. Thank you, Greg. Yeah, you've done a you've done a sort a of bang great up service job. this day. All right, what else we got? You tell um, me. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So here's a story, and this is a study led by Terence Capellini and wow. David Kingsley. And um, it was published in Nature Genetics. And they have gone into a region of our DNA uh, called GDF5, which has been commonly associated with height for a long time. And they were able to pinpoint a genetic switch, which changes the activity of a skeletal gene related to height. That sounds pretty intense. But what you're basically saying is they they did some genetic... Uh, jiggery pokery and then they figured out what makes you tall in, 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 yeah in, in the sense of it yeah and there's um, a bit more to it they they pinpointed a, a couple of genes um, okay so the first big one was that they found a shortness variant that was very common amongst Eurasian populations right. and they theorized that this may be due to shorter stockier bodies might be better for colder climates um, right yeah so well, that makes sense that, that's yeah. one um, so this is based on their own study, and apparently there have been other studies, some of which having over two hundred and fifty thousand people. So you know it's it's mama mia good. <laughs> um, and also by looking into these different genes and associations, they could pinpoint some variants that are associated with various bone ailments, sort of yeah. thing. Um, which isn't quite as fun sounding, but maybe by targeting and editing some of these genes, we can um, you know get rid of arthritis and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that sounds really, really interesting. Hold um, on, it gets more interesting. Sh- shut up and listen. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. The genetic variance they found was in non-coding sequences. So okay. this is to say sections of DNA that aren't directly involved in the production of proteins. So this is sort of a, an epigenetics thing. Um, yeah, we... Actually, this might have been in the lost episode 14. No, primarily. yeah, this is um, a throwback to an episode that we, no one's ever heard. We talked about uh, how non-coding genetic sequences, like more and more people are realizing that they have, can, they can have pretty big impacts on on um, stuff somehow. Like, I'm, yeah. We're not the experts on this. Hopefully we'll get our guest back on to talk about that 
because that's what his area of expertise was but yeah well that's 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 pretty intense so maybe you can you know tailor make your your baby you know they always talk about that with the ivf you can make a really tall man a really short man or a woman um (laughs) men only you you can no no that was completely unnecessary um yeah if you can make your baby whatever you want your baby to be and in fact you should let your baby be whoever your baby i'm not sure that was really the the intention of this study really i think i just no yeah i do i derailed it pretty bad huh but now this is this is now we're in real hot water um um maybe don't I would I would argue maybe don't, don't genetically alter your babies yeah. if it's not necessary. I mean, or would like not improve their lives in a <laughs> demonstrable, objective way. Yeah. So yeah. So in a way, I am for genetically editing editing embryos if it's to like get rid of really bad genetic yeah. diseases. But should I make my child tall and have green hair? Yes. Um. Yes, yeah. I should. But equally, uh, and probably more importantly. Um, this has nothing to do with the study that you were just talking about. So I, I guess, cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, ta- good. We tangented pretty hard on that one. Yeah. Uh, uh Zach, no, hit fine. us up with that's another fine. story, but can well, get us out of here because is... I can, I can hear the hate comments coming in. Just yeah. kidding. I can't because we never get any comments. Wow. Ooh, that cuts <laughs> deep. Um, I've, I've got, uh, not really a story. I noticed, well, I noticed that you you noticed. Um, uh, Mike Pence has been making some speeches today. Again, we don't go political. This is just more about a scientific statement. Yeah, he's he been. Uh, Mike Pence um, has been getting real involved in NASA recently, and yeah. this is the only reason I see it is because I follow NASA and they've been retweeting and liking a lot of his stuff. Huh. But um, we talked about the increased NASA budget. Yeah, briefly. a lot of people have been going on about you know USA is going to be up on Mars pretty soon and they want yeah. to do another moon landing and stuff. Mike Pence has been confirming he says that the USA will usher in a new era of space leadership. He was um was saying that, you know, they they won the race half a century ago and now they want to get back to winning the space race. Um Yeah, but also he wants to get more kids into like um yeah. STEM areas and stuff he like was, that. So it was a good speech. He was and that's all about, I'm going to yeah. say. He was talking about inspiring children into science and technology and engineering and maths and all that kind of stuff. And uh, renewing the American spirit, apparently. So, I mean, that all sounds pretty manifest yeah, I mean, destiny. Um, if if anyone's going to do it, it's probably America. Um, China recently had a failed experimental rocket launch, which was pretty... Ah. Well, not devastating in terms of, like, um, you know... No, I don't think anyone died, but um, it was a big setback oh, yeah. for China and the space race. Um, yeah. Because now all their launches are going to be delays, so they're probably not going to get a rover out this year. And also the experimental satellite they had got destroyed. So it's, it's a bit sad for China. Uh, yeah. Of course, North Korea is improving their rocket technology. Okay, yeah. Um, ha ha. <laughs> moving yeah. on. We, we don't talk about that on, on, on Friends Theory. Um, no. No, we, we probably shouldn't. <laughs> Uh, it's fine. Um, what what have we? I mean, I guess N- North Korea isn't isn't too controversial because it's not like many people are going. Oh yeah, I I'm in support of North Korean rocket testing. No, um, um, <laughs> I mean, let's not dive into this. No, 
because uh, oh, I, I could in theory talk about this for a while this is not but, um, what the podcast yeah. is about um, the, the point is really is that so many countries around the world do have this technology um, there aren't that many spacefaring nations as we talked about previously no. with um, New Zealand recently joining the list yeah well maybe um, we'll have so yeah America wants space. to get back in the front yep 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 uh, does SpaceX count as a country or do <laughs> um, soon enough it wouldn't surprise me yeah yeah what would you call it? Uh, Muskland. Muskland. Elon World. Mm, I'm not sure that that sounds. So Muskland. Is this World a country or an amusement park? Muscopia. <laughs> Mus Muscovy. Um, Muscovy. The sequel. That's a uh, history to, meme. Um, Muscovia. Uh, Whatever. What Muskia? <laughs> Speaking of Musk, has he been up to much recently? Uh, yes, he has. I'm so glad you brought this up and segued us out of that hell. Um, so good old Elon Musk with Tesla has uh, decided to build the world's biggest lithium-ion battery in South Australia. Right. The plan um, is to have it up and running by the end of this year. And if it's not working as intended in the first 100 days of its operation, then... Uh, Tesla will also provide all the necessary infrastructure for free. This guy so, is just, he's on a roll at the moment, it seems like. Um, yeah, because for a while now, number one problem with renewable energy has been battery storage. Right, yeah. So the, as soon as we can start getting um, bigger, as in more capacitous <laughs> batteries <laughs> with higher capacity yeah. built, then we can um, crack on with that. Good, good, good energy. Yeah. Now that's good. I'm, I'm assuming that um, this is tied. I think actually, I remember reading that. It, is it tied with a a solar farm or, or something in Australia or a wind farm, something like that? Uh, maybe. I, I would. I would assume so because yeah. you don't really need batteries, large batteries, for anything else. Yeah. yeah. Now that's really um, good. Yeah. Cool. Well, wow. We've had a real menagerie of all sorts of of stuff today. Um, yeah, have you been... got a, have you got another winner for us hidden hidden in the back there? Well, I think I think I, think I see something peeking out. What's that? <laughs> hey, what's that? Well, you've got this little head headline. We can maybe finish roundup for. It's a pretty nice uh, one. Ha! I knew it. It's a pretty nice <laughs> one. Comes from University of Singapore. Um, it says novel probiotic beer boosts immunity and improves. Gut health. A patent filed for innovative. Uh, <laughs> wow, I really need one of these beers. A patent yeah. filed for innovative brewing technique many. incorporates live strain of good bacteria. So, you know, fuck yeah, this this is a real winner. Soon enough, books. we could be getting some good good beer. Tell you what, my mum would be really into this. Gone are the days of eating really acidic natural yogurt. Yeah. Now you can just get uh, plastered. You're gonna we, we're gonna be getting like Activia beer with extra good, whatever they call it, bacterial alis. Um, All right, it's gonna be good. Um, so go. morals from today: um, drink beer, drink beer, drink lots of beer. Don't run over old ladies. And... Learn how to wine and dine her, then you can learn how to get rich from her. <laughs> and uh, I guess just. Uh, Take your battery out of your phone and give it to Elon Musk. 
Yeah, and um, never trust your computer again because it can tell if you're sassing it or not. Yeah. Well, so um, that sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, um, I've been I've been Peter. Uh, I've been Zach. Um, is this um, Friends and Theory. Of the course. music you've heard throughout has been the song "And" by Tally Hall from their album "Good and Evil." Go and check it out. Do it now. They're really kind enough to let us use it, and um, we think it's really good. Yeah. So go listen to it. You you dang dang dumb boys. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Go Stop. download this good music, and you can enjoy it in your ears all the time. You once be... you're done getting your medicine from us, and time to relax and listen to Tally yeah. Hall. You could be listening to that instead of this. Yeah. There you go, and I wouldn't be too offended if you did that. So just before we go, um, Zach, I'd like you to imagine a beautiful sunset over a sea of clouds. I I can picture it in my mind. Okay, so, instructing a snail how to die for an earthling is just as important to the earthling as it is to the snail. (laughs) That is beautiful. (laughs) Alright, let's shut this down. Big bad Betty of the Pocalypse She opens her lips and it goes like this 